Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host, and Loving That Sports Talk and co-hosting with me, Chris. You got Chris? I'm here with you, James. Chris, we're going to have a really great show today. Uh, you know, every time we had a show, my mom had everybody over for the church, and she cooked dinner and listened to the show. And I told her our guest was going to be on, and she said, it's above time. <laughs> <laughs> she said, above time, you got... A young lady on the show, and then a car. I said, you know what, Ma? I'm happy that my guest is trying to do it. You know what, Ma? It's going to take my life. Is that your phone, Chris? Uh, not my phone. Uh, well, I'd like to introduce our guest, Chris, um, and um, listeners out there. Amy Poster. You know, Amy? I'm here. I'm glad to have you on, Amy. We're going to take a light on you, you know, so don't be nervous. We're going to take a light. <laughs> yeah, James, I, I, just, I just want to, to say thank you for finally having another female on the show with me. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, can, I can hold my own, but sometimes it's nice to have another woman, another female perspective on here. So thank you. Well, You're welcome. Girl power. <laughs> I've been trying to get Amy on for a while. I talked to her when we were working together. She's like, ah, I don't know, but we got her. So she's yeah. not getting off for a whole hour. So, But, you All know, right. Amy, I'm, I'm going to take a light on you. I'm going to piggyback. I'm going to let Chris run it. You know, I'm going to piggyback okay. because, you know, I'm just really thankful, Amy, that you were able to um, come on for real. I'm thankful. Exactly. After... I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. With all the listeners listening, Amy, they thank you too. <laughs> Don't be nervous. <laughs> okay. So, so Amy, after after chatting with you a bit, I know that you are a big NASCAR fan, and we rarely get to talk about NASCAR in here because a lot of people don't follow it as closely as you do. So, let's kind of hit upon about NASCAR a bit and and just kind of see where it goes. So, okay. just just to start off with, um, what drivers do you enjoy watching? Um, my favorite driver is Dale Jr. Um, he's America's driver. He's just a down-to-earth guy, and I just really enjoy watching him. And are there others that you enjoy? Um, yeah, Martin Truex um, is doing really good right now. I really I tend to cheer for the underdogs a lot, mm-hmm. and um, I like him. Um, Chase Elliott, Dave Blaney, or Ryan Blaney, excuse me. Um, there's there's so many of them, but yeah, those are my favorites. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about Truex in a bit, but yeah, definitely. Those are those are definitely some top ones. Hold on, Chris. Let me jump in. You know, I'm learning a little something, so I might jump in time to time. Amy, I know is I watch um, NASCAR like maybe once or twice, but a lot of them are. Um, uh, what I'm trying to say, they drive for certain people, like cars, like they have a name. What are the names of those people that you say they drive for? Like some of them have they drive like for Nissan or Datsun. They're sponsored. That's what I mean, sponsored by people, aren't they? Well, they they have like teams. Um, like there's of course the Ford team, the Chevy team, Toyota team. 
But like Hendrick Motorsports is that's who Junior drives for. Um, and you, they can't have more than four drivers on a team. Uh. And so some of them have teammates, but like Martin Truex, he's a single team. He's out of um, Denver, and he's the only person on his team. It's a one-car team, which makes it really hard for him because they don't have feedback from other drivers, and they don't make a, a, a lot of money like the like Hendrick or Roush make. So, so Amy, when when they have teams and they're 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 competing, they're competing against each other, you know, to a point, but they're also helping each other, right? How, how does yeah, that exactly. work when they're, when they're driving? Um, I listen to them a lot. I mean, they're out for themselves mainly, but I mean, they they'll like share information back and forth of you know this worked for us for this car, this worked for that, um, and share information, but. To mean they're they're out for themselves, you know. They want to win more than anything. Every once in a while, you see them like running together and helping each other. But for the most part, it, it's kind of they're on their own. Okay, James, you have any other questions on that one before I move on? No, I mean I'm learning. I don't. I'm I'm trying to listen a little because I don't I don't understand it, Amy. Like I know they go around and around and get to come in and piss. I don't know if you have questions like that, Chris, but, you know, um, they get to piss so many times, I think. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm just listening right now. I'm learning because I didn't know all this at first, but I want to hear a little bit more. Go ahead, Chris. Well, well, so so well, let, let's let's play on that. The, that what you were just saying, James, Amy. Um, so he was saying about going around, and around. Isn't that e- each race has a certain amount of of th- they're not all the same, right? Where, where each each race you have to go around so many times, and right. It, yeah, it's based on like miles. Like like um, they just had the longest race at six hundred laps, and I can't remember how many maybe six hundred miles, but it's the longest race. But like the different, like the Xfinity is like the major league of racing, and then they have the, um, I want to say it used to be the Bush Series, and I can't, I think it's Nationwide Series now, is like the minors, and like in the minors or in the Nationwide, they can only like, I think they get three sets of tires, and that's it. But in the Xfinity series, they get as many tires, sets of tires as they want. Um, if it's rained or something, they'll have like a competition caution, like at lap 25 usually. Um, it's, it's a lot of strategy playing into it. Yeah, sounds like it. I know, I know Amy, jump in real quick. I've seen, um, I was watching Sports Center and, um, a guy just won. I think he was the youngest guy in first race, but he won on fumes. Do they get to only get so much gas, too, Amy? I mean, they said he didn't pit and get gas, and the other people did, and that's how he won, and he came in on fumes. I don't understand that. Do they only get to fill up so many times, too? No. I mean, they have um, their gas cans, and they try and get as much fuel into it. But a lot of times, they'll try and win on fuel. I mean, it, that's where their strategy comes into play. And sometimes they'll, like, if they'll pit, they'll just 
get a right side tires or they'll get left side tires or they'll get both or they'll just get fuel only, a splash of fuel just to make it. But mm. him winning him winning on fumes, that's a huge gamble and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Hmm. Yeah, but that's because so, it worked with him that time, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, they get as much fuel, I mean, as they want to use they can use as much but it's how much they can get in there during their pit stop and they've changed all that like the gas cans and all that so much over the years that now they just have like a catch can that they'd have to put into the um where the gas goes in and then put the can on and now it's just one big like gas can that's attached oh. and wow. it, yeah it's pretty intense. When I started watching NASCAR, I think it was in 99, my husband got me into it. Like, pit stops were taking 17, 18 seconds to change four tires and fuel. Now they can do it, like, in 12 seconds to change four tires and fuel, which is amazing to me. <laughs> so, so, James, starting this weekend, um, I'm going to pull my car into the driveway, and we're going to start testing you, okay? Okay, you do that. See if you can beat that, okay? I want to see video of that. We'll send you a link. Okay, that would be great. So basically, I know that they have headsets on, the driver and the crew chief and all that, and so they're constantly in communication with each other, right, while they're driving so that they know when they come to the stop kind of what they're going to need to do, right? Yeah, there's times when their headsets don't work and they have no communication. Oh boy! And they have they have what they call their spotters that are up on top of the stands and around, and they're constantly talking and feeding them. You know, tell them like one car lane, you got a person over here, and sometimes their radios don't work and they are on their own, kind of stuck, huh? But yeah, which is very to me that would just be that's so scary going that fast and. They're buckled into that Hans, and they can't really move, you know, around that much to see. And that that's that's kind of scary, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of at the mercy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, so let's move on to the next question. We we already talked about talked about Martin Truex a little bit, so let's let's go a little bit more in depth. So he seems to be hitting a stride driving for Furniture Row, which. Uh, all mm-hmm. those people in the Denver area, we know about Furniture Row. Um, do you think he's really among the championship favorites? I do. I He came close last year. He's been in the chase. And um, his girlfriend has been going through cancer, and so he's been going through a lot. I think he was a little distracted last year going through all that with her. But when he won his race um, a couple weeks ago, it was – I, I was crying just watching him. He was so excited, and she was just, um, she was excited. It, it was just great. He's a great driver, and I cheer, I've cheered for him since he was a rookie. So wow. I think he has great potential. Good. Yeah, we, we hear about him here a lot, but, but I don't think other people yeah. outside hear so much about him in the past. I, I now they are. he's a pretty pretty popular driver. I mean, I know the furniture row in the Denver area, you know, he's, it, it's more, I heard a lot about him there, but you hear a lot about him on 
TV and on, you know, and, and on the races and stuff. They, he gets a lot of coverage. How old is he, Amy? Oh, I don't know. I think he's been driving for it. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Hmm. I could Google it, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that you're about right. Chris. So, you know what? We just heard the music. Let's let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the NASCAR, and then we'll move on to a, a few other your favorite sports. So, we'll be right back. Uh-huh. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. You know, sometimes sometimes down the road we, we need to have this, this womanhood going going on instead of all these just men. <laughs> Girl power games. Amy, see what you call you call some shit now, see. We started it. <laughs> go, go, go ahead, Chris, and uh, go on that and keep going. To doing it. I'm gonna join in, and you know, just okay. I'm just learning. You know, exactly. Sounds good. So, so, Amy, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about NASCAR. Let's let's continue on. So, Danica Patrick, you know, she's uh, mm-hmm. she is let's, talking about great women. Um, she's the only woman to finish in the top five of the Indianapolis 500. Um, she's also led in laps. Um, so she's had a lot of barriers to break through to get to where she is. Um, has her experience made it easier for other young women to get into the sport? Um, I don't know if it's made it easier for them, but I think it's made a lot of girls see that they can. It's possible. 
and I've watched her, and I, I am a big fan. I forgot to mention her. Um, she's had a hard time. The guys have really given her a tough time, and she's held her own, and I think she's awesome. Yeah. Tammy, but she have a woman in the races. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And you think that's why the guys give her a hard time because she have a woman that's... Because you remember when she first came out, I mean, it was all her. Man, she was all over it. You know, her name was big. She was a big shot. But now, it, I heard some guy, you know, I, this was a while ago, was saying, well, well, she ain't won a race. Yeah, she hasn't, but she has had a stream of bad luck. It seems like she's always in the wrong place when a wreck happens, and she's had some pretty bad wrecks. But she she seems to be doing good and doing good, and then she'll get caught up in a wreck, and it just goes downhill from there. But speaking about bad bad times, you know, bad things that she's had happen to her, or or people treating her. Um, there's there's a something that I read um, regarding her, and they were talking about how you know, yeah, you know, the, the, a lot of people can drive fast, but that doesn't mean that you can you can race. You know, what what do you mm-hmm. think about her and 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 that saying? Um, obviously, if she couldn't, she wouldn't be in the series. I mean, those guys are going. Some up to you know two hundred miles an hour, and they're millimeters apart. I mean, you can't tell me that she's not a good race car driver if she's in the Xfinity series or the Sprint Cup series. Excuse me. I mean, she—they just don't let anybody in, and I think she's she can hold her own. I think she's very good. Okay. Okay, so speaking about crashes, you know, in racing, that kind of goes hand-in-hand with with NASCAR racing. When a driver gets injured in a crash, you know, NASA often talks about a perfect storm of events that took place to make it happen, you know, and and basically the flaws of the race course or of the drivers are exposed. You know, it's NASCAR's job to fix these flaws as quickly as possible. Uh, One thing I read about is safer barriers. Do you think this helps or hinders the driver drivers and the race? The safer barriers are amazing, in my opinion. Um, they have implemented them in so many racetracks. And Kyle Busch, for example, I'm not a fan of his at all. But when he wrecked last year at Daytona, he hit that back wall and it broke his feet and his legs because he hit so hard and there was no safer barrier there. And I I believe they put a safer barrier there and he rushed in the same spot again. But drivers have talked about hitting the wall um, before the safer barrier and after the safer barrier. And it is, they said it's night and day. It's the safer barrier absorbs. It's like they have all this foam in there and it absorbs the impact and so it makes it, so it doesn't hit as hard. And I, the, they've showed like slow motion of people hitting the safer barrier and it's just crazy how much impact. I mean, you hit that going 180 miles an hour and they just walk away. Incredible to me. 
have a question for you, Andy. This kind of with crash. I can't think of the, the driver's name for the two drivers that got in that argument and the one driver got in the middle of the track and the other one hit him. You think that was intentional or accident? Um, I know you probably know the name oh, of the driver. Tony Stewart. Right, right, right. You think that was intentional accident? And the second question to that is, if it was intentional, you know, you're going that high of speed, you know? I mean, you had to know you couldn't, you know. I don't know. What do you think, Amy? Well, I've been to those races up in Washington, and they race at night, and it's dark. And they're so strapped in. I personally don't think it was intentional. Um, I can't imagine any of the drivers. The, the racing community is such a big family, and, you know, you're out there competing against each other on the track, but they do a lot of stuff together. I don't think that it was intentional. Um, I think I, I don't think he should have been out of his car. It's hard to see, and it's dark. And my brother's brother-in-law dr- raced and talked about how hard it is to to see. And and when you're strapped in, you got those helmets, and you're strapped in, and you can't. You don't have a good like range of vision to the sides and stuff, and. I just think it was a freak accident. It was horrible, um, but I don't think it was intentional. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that happened, and there was a lot of stuff about it. So it's yeah, yeah. It was unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Yeah. And you could see, like, when Tony Stewart was interviewed and talked about it. I, I just in seeing him and how he was, he was just it. It, it shook him to the core. I don't. I don't think it was intentional at all and I still think he has problems you know feels bad about it and everything well well leading up to that that didn't didn't they have a an argument on the the course like a week before or something like that there was something that happened between the two of them that's why people were thinking it was intentional um I don't remember he's it's not a a place that he's at a lot I mean they would come up to Idaho or uh, to Washington, him and Casey Kane, um, on their off weeks and race. Um, the I think they call them funny cars mm-hmm. or sprint cars. Um, I I really don't remember if all the details about that part. Yeah, that's kind of crazy to get on a track when cars going that fast. Uh, wow. Get out of your car, yeah. Yeah, when when he was hit though, they were not going. I mean, it wasn't full speed race, but when they're you know they're going around and they rev up and they try and get the dirt off their tires and stuff, and they'll speed up and slow down and speed up and slow down. And so he he wasn't hit going full speed, but mm-hmm. I, I still think it's dangerous. And they they did change the rule at NASCAR that they can't get out of their cars on the track. Or, you know, if they, to go, they have to get off, you know, if they get out of, the, if they're in a wreck, they have to get out of their car and off to the side quickly. They can't stay on the track. Right. Mm. Wow. All right, Amy, we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit, and we're going to flip to the NFL. So... There, 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 there's, there's a saying that people say, and I just want to see, 
see what, what you think about it, but um, do you think a quarterback makes the receivers, or do you think the receivers make the quarterback? Um, I think it, it goes both ways. I mean, you have to have a good quarterback that can get the ball to the receiver, but at the same time, you got to have the receivers that can do what they got to do and catch the ball and get the ball in the end zone and move it down the field. I think it has to go both ways. Yeah. Oh, no, Amy, I have to disagree with you on that. You know why? Because everybody keeps saying, oh, that's a great quarterback. Well, if he throw a five-yard pass and a receiver running for 80, 90 juking people, the quarterback get that, you know what I'm saying? That luxury, that glory. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that's, some, that's true. I agree with you on some plays. Some quarterback got a nice touch, you know, getting it over the defender, but... Most of you see all those plays by the receiver being, you know, down, you know. So, I don't know. I think the quarterback get a lot of uh, hype and all like that. Sometimes it don't belong to them. But, you know, when you have a quarterback like a Manning or Rodgers or, you know, they always going to get the, the praise. Do you agree with that, thing? That's Yeah, I agree. But I agree. I, I Yeah, the receivers, you got to have the good receivers. And the people that can catch the ball, or you're going to look bad as a quarterback, too. Yep, true. Thanks. All right, so let's talk about defense a little bit. And I just want to know what your opinion. So whose defense was better? The 2015 Seattle Seahawks or the 2016 Denver Broncos? Who was better? <laughs> I've been asking so many people that question, and it's like split 50-50, but I... I'm not, sorry, Denver, I'm not a diehard Broncos fan. Um, but I do think that the Broncos had a better def- defense um, personally. I don't know why. I just, I, I thought that they had a better defense. I have a question for you, Amy. Who are you, yes. who, what team your husband like? My husband loves the Cowboys. He's from Texas. Oh, so. Uh oh, uh oh, that was the wrong thing to say to Tanfay. I know, wrong <laughs> answer. Cut it off. Cut on my go. No, you didn't say that on this show. Hi, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> I could have lied, you know, and said it was the Eagles. <laughs> you oh, he'd, he'd been your, he'd been James's best friend at that point. Oh, exactly. Well, we got to take right. a break, Amy. When we come back, we got to take a break on that one. Good Lord, you know, that's my thing. <laughs> we'll be right back, and then we'll come back. We got more questions for you with Chris, and my mom is just happy as heck right now. He's smiling more. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your co host, Chris Marwitz, and I am on with James Loving today. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sick. I'm here. James, is your feelings hurt? I'm just sick to my stomach. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. You you, you can sit in the corner and pout for a little bit. We'll we'll take it on. (laughs) So we have as our guest, we have Amy still with us. Yes, I'm still here. Oh, Amy, and I'm know. not a Cowboys fan. My husband <laughs> That's is true. a Cowboys she never said fan. She, was a cow- she said her husband. You should have said you was an Eagles fan. Then I'm going to go pick. Lie. Okay. Uh, he, he's an Eagles fan, James. Just for you. All right. Wink, Amy's wink, on the nod, show. Nod. All right. Amy's on the show. <laughs> All right, perfect. Hey, we're back. We're back on it, though. Okay, so Amy, I just want to follow up one more question on the NFL before we move on to uh, the NBA. So the NFL Pro Bowl—they're moving from Honolulu, Hawaii, to Orlando, Florida. Do you think this move will increase interest of what? Of what? I'm sorry. Do you think this move will increase interest, or what can the NFL do to increase it? You know, because it really hasn't been that interesting to to watch the NFL Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Pro Bowl. Um, I don't know if moving it would make a difference. I personally think if they waited till after the Super Bowl and let the players that are on the Super Bowl teams play in it, I think it would generate a lot more interest, maybe. Mm. That's my thought, because I thought it was, I would love to, you know, I would have loved to see, um some of the Super Bowl players playing in it, but they can't because they could get hurt, or, you know. Right. So I think if maybe they waited till after the Super Bowl, then those top team players, or those, you know, players could play in it. Just a thought. I got a, yeah. a little make a response to that, but I have a question for my email. I'd like to read Lee's one for you, Amy, uh, while I would guess one. And this is from Nina from Detroit. Amy, why are more women more interested in NASCAR 
People, you know, tease NASCAR fans about being a redneck and it's a redneck sport, but there's a lot of money in racing. And I'm telling you, you go to a live race and you'll be hooked. It is one of the biggest rushes that you will ever have. Just the sound and you can feel it in your chest when they go by. It's just, oh, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. This, this lady at... Um Watch the game, but the like uh, sports clips and stuff I've seen on 
they just don't seem to have it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amy. That, that's pretty much question. the best way to say about it. I have a question. Um, you watched basketball before, right, Amy? I, I what? Do you have, have you watched basketball years before? Yes. Do you think basketball had changed like years before to now? Because I hear a lot of people say back in the days it was more defense and now it's more offensive scoring. Do you think it's that way now? Um... Well, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. I it, it doesn't seem as exciting as it used to. So yeah, maybe it is. I used to watch it all the time, but I I just don't watch it anymore. It doesn't. It, it's not as exciting as it used to be. I don't think anymore. Mm. That's the answer I was looking for because I hear that from a lot of people. And that's why I'm not exciting like it was before. Like I don't watch it until like. The last level to championship, and I might only do like when it starts big game three or four. But a lot of people say basketball's not exciting anymore. You know, during the season yeah. it's all showtime. You know, everybody just scoring hundred and fifty points. You know, and it's not it's not the same no more. So you are right about that one. Good answer. Right. I was say cowboy. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right about it. It's it's more with basketball. It's more on on showboating and and who who can have the biggest contract out there and and you know it's not really about the game anymore. And that's what kind of I think frustrates the fans. I I totally agree. It's just not enjoyable anymore. I don't think. Yeah. Chris, let me go All back right. to what you asked Amy real quick about the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is a sickening thing for football. And I think all-star games got a little carried away. It's supposed to be, you know, like a break to get the players to have fun like that. But that Pro Bowl is horrible, you know. Um, but I can see the players' point. You know, they playing in this game. You already get an injury. You're done. Your career done. So I can see that point, not playing hard. But if you're supposed to get people to pay their money, something to see, you know, or don't play in it, or don't, you know. So I think the, the uh, NFL Pro Bowl is for them just cut the game off completely, you know. Yeah. But the NBA is a little bit different. You know, they're still just going point, but I, I, I just don't see why they have that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it gets good ratings or at all, and I, it, I never watch it. I think it's, it's boring. Well, but you see, other, you watch other sports, you know, with with the and Major League Baseball and with basketball, and it's, it's a lot of it. A lot of the the events leading leading up to the game itself is about the 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 fans. You know, they have all these fans fan experiences. Um, mm-hmm. With the with the Pro Bowl, they don't really have the fan experience so much, and so how can fans really get involved in it if they're not being included? That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I think that the uh, you know going back to like NASCAR, the the they involve the fans so much. What other sport can be down on the track or the floor, you know, five minutes before the race start and meeting the drivers and and being you know in the pits and all you can get pit passes. What other sport has that? I think it's yeah. great that they mingle and intermean, you know, talk to the fans and. 
I think that's why I'm such a huge sport of NASCAR because they do include fans so much and mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to meet them and uh, but yeah involvement like with that Pro Bowl there's nothing for the fans that way uh, I have one quick question because you play your own Amy go right ahead Going at that speed, I mean, look at a car on a normal street at that speed, always a record. So I'm going at that speed. You don't see too many deaths in that car. You really don't. But I was, I seen, um, I don't know what it was, but they had a camera in one of the driver's car window. That steering will be shaking and they going at, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you must have both hands on that. How, why, why is not too many deaths in that, you know? I think that they had just tried to make it so safe, and, I mean, it's a tragedy. There are some, you know, like, I still remember the day Dale Earnhardt died. That was one of the worst days ever. It was just so tragic, and um, they've just really strived to be safe. And, like, going back to, like, asking about Danica Patrick being a good driver, you have to have talented people in there driving those cars. And, yeah, the wrecks happen, but they're very good at what they do, and they, you know, they, they can drive through, like, it's, you can see the cameras in their car, and they're just driving through smoke with the faith that they're going to come, you know, out. And they can drive right through a wreck and never get touched. Or they can wow. get beaten, banged, and I think, like, the safer barriers and the Hans device, the full-face helmet, they've just made a lot of safe changes in that car to keep them safe. Yeah. Wow. Well, one thing I've always been amazed with NASCAR is, you know, yes, there are there are wrecks and 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 fires sometimes happen because of all the fuel, but mm-hmm. they 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 are able to put usually put those fires out pretty quickly, and I'm not sure if that's you know by design or or if they're just that good at putting things out. Um, I think the like the way that they built the cars and the fuel. Well, I'm, I don't know. I've seen some pretty outrageous fires before. Um, the best one was when Juan Pablo hit the jet dryers. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, the, but it, it just burst into flames. But they, they've made their, their cars so safe. Like, they'll start on fire and they'll... The, the announcers will like, oh, it will go out, and the fire will just kind of go out on its own. I don't know. I don't know that part of all the scientific and all that stuff that way, but pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's it's always amazed me to see that. So, all right. So let's move on to baseball. I know you said you're a baseball fan. Let's talk about baseball. So, if the if the Major League Baseball season ended today, what two teams would you expect to see in the World Series? Um, the Cubs All right, are Amy. phenomenal. They are. I'm just going by records here, James. <laughs> oh, okay. You got going by this. Now you got to go back. This is where I'm not good at, like, the East and the West and you, who yeah. plays who, but the Rangers, another Texas team, I got to say I'm a Texas Ranger fan. You know what? You're, you're, I like you're right. Them, 
I liked it them a few years ago when I thought they were going to do something they bombed out. But, you know, Texas good, Rangers. I like them. But you know the Cubs, like you say, Amy. You back on my good list. I'm going to get you some for Christmas. You back on the Christmas list. <laughs> the Cubs have, have incredible pitchers. They have... Really phenomenal batters. They're just they're they're in sync this year. They're just last year they were they were they were in sync. They just got beat by the by uh, I think Cardinals didn't Cardinals kick them out? Did, did they beat them I out? Think, oh, yeah, I don't I don't remember. Was it Dodgers? Dodgers. Okay, Dodgers. which was unfortunate because I thought Cubs were were pretty pretty good last year. This year I think they're just I don't think anyone can stop them this year. I've, I've, I've said that even before the season started. I think I, I said that on this show, that the Cubs were going to win out this year. Yeah, that would be so. that would be exciting for them. Oh, yeah. So, James, you're right on board with that one. And he's back on my Christmas list. <laughs> Christmas list. <Yeah. laughs> Santa, Santa, Amy's been good. all right so amy we have the all-star break approaching we've kind of talked a little bit about that but um you know and around that we've talked about the fan experiences so what batters would you like to see in the home run derby because that's always a huge you know the game okay is good but people love watching the home run derby that you know i i really honestly don't even know (laughs) I cannot name any names or, I mean, I like baseball and I, you know, watch them, but I don't know any of the players really anymore Okay, you know who okay. would be in there. You know, they could probably put anybody in there as long as they hit a, hit a home run, people would be happy. That's right, hey, exactly. I have a question. They get a lot yes. of Hispanic players in baseball now, and that's really good. And we found them play like in different countries and all that. Uh, you think they do that with every sport? You think they should? Um, I don't know. I kind of, you know, it just seems kind of like certain nationalities are better at certain sports than other nationalities. And I don't, it, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I mean, what do you uh, think? I think it's, it's good because if you look at like all oh, Hispanics, like over like um, Chris, where is Soso from? Okay, um, I'm sorry, where is who from? Sammy Soso. Oh, oh Sammy. Um, I thought wasn't he Dominican? Dominican, yeah. They're not going over there yeah. looking at these. They're not going over there looking at these kids. A lot of these kids got talent. But they're in a poor country. They're not looking at them. You know what I'm saying? So they ain't getting that opportunity as a kid can go and mommy and daddy can pay for them and go to all these camps. You know what I mean? So I think it's, I think it's good that they're starting to go all over and starting to acknowledge different talent, you know? And you are right, Amy. You can see certain sports that got so many national as good as this, but I think if they go all and just like, let Give everybody a chance. It would be a diverse of different nationalities, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, best players play. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you get you do, and you get those. We even have them here in Idaho. You know, you get these parents that send their kids to everything, and they're on these traveling teams, and then they get into high school, and it's your kid didn't get to do that and didn't get to travel with this team and 
they don't they don't have a chance. So it's, I'm glad that they go out and scout, not just you know the traveling teams, and and that they go scout yeah. all over. Right, right. Yeah. So Amy. Um, you know, we know slumps happen, especially in baseball. A batter will have a hitting slump. Um, do you think that, that basically the, the, the coach should bench him if he's hitting a major slump, or should they allow him to stay in the game, continue to play and, and work his way out of the slump? I'm torn on that. I, you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't like the cocky arrogant players or drivers in the sport. I like the guys that are humble, that work and they work hard and they're grateful for where they're at and for what they have. And I honestly just think it would just depend on their attitude towards the situation. If they're working hard and really trying, I I say let them try and get out of it. But if they're in that cockiness and arrogance and all, I can, you know, I, I say Benjamin. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I, I don't know. That, I, I have a hard time with people that are just so cocky and arrogant. It's, I, I'm not a fan of those guys. I understand that. Feel that way, too. So my la- my next question that I have is, you know, so so we, we, when you see a baseball team and you know you see the really good pitching or hitting or defense, what what do you think is the strength of a baseball team? Do you think it's it's great pitching or fantastic hitting or the the team having a great defense? I honestly think the pitcher. I mean, they're the money maker right there. But if you don't have a pitcher, um, you're not going to get very far. We, we were at my daughter's softball game last night, and the dads were talking about a new rule with their boys, and they can only pitch two innings a game. And he was talking, you get your good pitcher in there, and he pitches two innings, and you get up for 10 runs. And then if you don't have other good pitchers to follow, they can catch, you know, the other team can catch up. And it, it, so I, I, I think the pitcher is key to your team. Okay. I, I agree with you, but I kind of think uh, if you look at baseball now, you know, you have all these great pitchers that all the game, but I think the relief pitcher is the key. Because, if, you know, they don't want to be up by a run or, you know, if you're just tied, they're holding the team off. And you see a lot of teams, I can't think of um, what team it was. They were doing good, but they lost nine straight to their relief pitch. It was horrible. And they was winning, like, like seven runs in the ninth. You had a bad relief pitch, you know. I mean, not relief pitch. Well, that's relief pitch right at the end. Yeah. I don't know my baseball. So, yeah. um... I think it's not the starting pitcher. I think the pitcher comes in around the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. No, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I think you have to have obviously good batters and good outfielders, but I think, I mean, 
you get a pitcher that can just, you know, get the job done and you, you don't have to have the best of the best for the batters or the, you know, the outfield or the defense. Yeah. Sure. That's true. That, that's that's true. But still, I, I don't know. You, you know, there there's some some teams that, you know, you can have an okay pitcher, but the bats, you know, hitting those those home runs can really, you know, lift a team. You know, and 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 you know, even though you can have really bad defense, you can still win a game. So with with good good bats. So I don't know. It, it, I I think people can can go round and round with that uh, that topic and and figure out which well, one they like have- better. Let me ask you, Amy, this. Everybody keeps talking about you got to have a quarterback. And your quarterback. Did Peyton Manning win that Super Bowl? Did the defense? You know? <laughs> you know my the answer. Did the quarterback for Baltimore Ravens in 19... Uh, what was his name? When they, he didn't do nothing to quarterback the defense. So is that saying that you got to have a good quarterback or just somebody just maintain the game? Which one, guys? Uh, yeah, well... I was kind of thinking the same thing, you know, when we were talking earlier about the quarterback or the, you know, the receivers. It's it's kind of it's kind of the same way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You, you got to have the whole the whole gamut of everything to make a good in, in, order to get, in order to get far along. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. So, so what do you think about players that uh, a team that 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 basically plays a lot of the same players game after game, except, you know, they, they change pitchers, but, you know, they, they have a few players that they continually play. I'm talking about baseball here. Keep in mind, there's like 182 games in a season, and, and you know, that, that's a lot of games to play. That is a lot of games to play. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they get hired... I don't, I, I, I don't know. Do they have... I, I'm, I'm not that familiar with baseball. I mean, I love going to... We used to go to the Rangers and watch the Rangers play when we lived in Texas. And it was a lot of fun. But how many how many people do they have on their team? 25. 25. They should let other people play. Yeah. So... We got the music at the end, but I got one last email that says, I'm a Philly fan. No, she didn't come on the show to talk about her husband a Cowboy fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amy, you going to make me get some emails now, Amy. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I want to thank you again, Amy. You did great. So you got nervous, didn't she, Chris? She did really good, Amy. You did good. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'll tell you what you do, Amy. Tonight you go back and you listen to the show. You'll see, hear yourself home, man. You'll be like, I did really good. <laughs> I don't want to listen. <laughs> Thanks again, Amy. All right, Amy. It's been okay. great, great having you Thanks, on. Chris. And don't worry, we'll have another girl power coming up soon. <laughs> okay, sounds great. All right. All right. Bye. 
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.